Hello, this is Corey. This is Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast, in which Corey and Ryan embrace the great commission given to us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We aim to strengthen the walk of fellow Christians, and we hope to reach the lost. Although we're not qualified, we have been equipped to share God's love. Thank you for joining us on the show. Hey, this is Ryan. This is Corey. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. And this week, we are going to have a very interesting show. Um, Ryan came with me with this topic, assuming that I had insecurities. What's the topic, Corey? I don't know. All right, that's the show. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this week's show is insecurities, what to do with them, what are they, why are they, and who are they? Where are they? How are they? All the conjunctive verbs. Yes. <laughs> Before we get started, can you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Yeah. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us gather here, Father, and I pray that you, you speak through us on this topic, Father, and uh, reach the people you wanted to reach and just use us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, you obviously had something in mind when you uh, you came to me with this topic about insecurities. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I say Corey has a lot to deal with. Okay. No, I'm joking. Is that a nice way of putting something? Give me the give me the lowdown, chief. Give me the lowdown. Corey's very insecure. Okay. I don't like myself. <laughs> he loves himself. <laughs> No, the reason I did insecurities is because um, I've dealt with a lot of insecurity in my life, and I'm still currently, it's a daily battle. Same, same. So you've heard on my um, testimonies throughout the past that I I was my biggest critic. And uh, I think Ron and I share that same kindredhood, is that we are each other's biggest critic. Yeah, I'm Corey's biggest critic, and he's, no, I'm joking. Ryan is Ryan's biggest critic, (laughs) and Corey is Corey's biggest critic. But uh, I want you to walk me through some of the, you know, some of the insecurities that you face or things that you challenge with or how you deal with them. Um, well, um, one is just like I deal with a lot of social anxiety by itself. I'm like, I'm constantly thinking, you know, where are they thinking about me? Are they talking about me? Are they whispering about me? Like back in school, I get very insecure if, if I was like sitting alone, and I see people whispering, you know, amongst themselves. I'm like, they're talking about me, aren't they? Okay, so I'm going to throw Ryan on the bus right here right now. Um, but it's for good fun. So uh-huh. Ryan and I work together, obviously, and uh, I make fun of Ryan because Ryan, if if everything is not just in tip-top shape, everything's not going perfect, Ryan gets what I call the stress poops. <laughs> so he, I don't know what you're talking about. All of a sudden, he'll be managing a show. All of a sudden, it's like, this is not working. I got to poop. I got to poop. I got to poop right now. That's me in the sound booth every Sunday morning before service. So uh, it it makes me chuckle to know (laughs) that I have control of Ryan's bowel system and that (laughs) one misspelt word in the slide, all of a sudden he's gone. Gone, you know, (laughs) but uh, I struggle with insecurities because unlike caring what other people think, right, Mm -hmm. I, I do struggle with being a people pleaser, but... That's my biggest thing, too. I don't want to tell anyone bad news, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I think one of my biggest insecurities is, like, um, questioning why me, right? So, like, even in this ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So the other night I was talking to Sean at the encounter, right? And our ministry has obviously been very blessed, right? We uh, we got to travel to Texas. We got to—we uh, get to see the community. We get to do this show. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I never thought in a million years that this show would really take off the way it did, right? I thought we'd just kind of be talking to ourselves in a closet here in a in a shed, and we wouldn't get anywhere. But you guys have proved us differently because um, I've talked about this in the past, but something that was so surprising is, like, when somebody walks up to you and they, like, know you, but you don't know them. And that's happened to me three times now. Really? Three times now. Somebody's like, hey, it's that guy that does the podcast. You know, the Unqualified Commission. I have no idea who these people are. Not a clue. Was this like random people at church or something? Random people in my life. This has happened twice at church, once out in town. Somebody walk up to me. I have no idea who they are. They say, it's that guy who does the Unqualified Commission podcast. And it's like... It makes me feel so good inside. Like, it's just my joy just starts bubbling up and just smiling. My wife's just looking at me like, Corey, why are you smiling? I don't know. I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, so I guess uh, so. In, and Sean really, he, he kind of, you know, um, guided me because he said, you know, the word is expectation because the, the opposite of insecurities is expectations, right? Now, like, I say... A lot of my insecurities come from expectations. Like I'll put high, I'll put high expectations on myself or something. So when you fail those expectations is when you're insecure. You're you're insecure about meeting those expectations. Well, right? My thing in my life is I set the bar too high for myself and I try to get everything done, get it perfect to a T. I'm I'm a big perfectionist. So one of the things I learned in life and I'm not perfect at this, but and I'm not saying like do this to the extreme because it's bad too but setting realistic expectations right so knowing yourself yeah so um ryan knows this best but ryan will tell me something and if i don't think i can get it done in the way i want to get it done i'll just say no i don't like that you know (laughs) he just looks at me with confusion but i'm just like no because i know that if i say yes myself is going to fail and then Half the times when he says that he's joking, but some of the times he's not joking. Because <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> one time it was—I can't remember what I told him. It was one time at church. I walked up to him. I was like, "Hey, can you do this or whatever?" I can't remember what it was. He said, "No, I don't like that." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> he's like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Yes, I'm serious. I'm—I'm I'm not doing that. Not in this time frame." <laughs> so a lot of the, a lot of the times I, but I do cope with my insecurities with humor. So I, I'm one of those people who, like, inappropriately laughs at, like, bad things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, somebody's funeral, and I'll, like, be cutting jokes. And there is, there if you look this up, there's, like, a whole research you can do. But there that, that is a... Yeah, that's a coping mechanism. That is a coping mechanism. But on a joking side, along with that, that's um, me. I think it was me, maybe Nicholas and Grady. We were in a movie theater one time, and this is, I think it was either... Um, Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, or Infinity War, or something like that. It was the one where Iron Man died in. If you haven't watched that movie, he dies in the movie. But anyways, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Afterwards, yeah, wait to ward people. But anyways, during the Iron Man dying scene, somehow I got cracked up at something. It wasn't in the movie. I started. La- I laughed during that scene. It was like dead silent in the movie theater. <laughs> all these people are thinking, this monster. All this you could hear was me laughing. So that, that that's me. So I I hide my insecurities and I, I hide 
you know, the thing that goes with that. So depression, anxiety, yeah. all those things that go along with insecurities. I hide that behind a laugh. But, you know, I, I heard this somewhere and I and I don't know where I heard this. I don't know who said it. I don't I don't want to copyright anything. But, you know, it was like Robin Williams. You know, the yeah. people who are the happiest on the outside, they're the they're the worst on the inside. inside. Yeah. Right. So it's it's that's Robin Williams is a prime example. He, he played was, Joker, by the way. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was this huge comedian. He, he had a joke for every line. But deep down, he was depressed. He was anxious. He was sad. He was, you know, there was all those things. And then one day, his demons caught up to him, called up to him, yeah. and talked him to kill himself and end his life. You know, so yeah, another type of insecurity that I've dealt with in my life, and you know, it's still a struggle. Insecurities are still a struggle for me, but is uh, body image. Like back after me and my first girlfriend, we broke up. I got heavy into the gym. I think I don't know if that the initial was insecurity and I was insecure about how I looked but later on that became part of it and I was in the gym literally seven days a week every single day now I got pretty big and then I didn't really deal with it anymore and then I started slacking up and I got smaller and I realized it and I got insecure about myself the key word here being smaller okay because Ryan is still swole body but okay? <laughs> all the people at the gym feel envy but, but anyways and you know, I, I caught myself doing going to the gym for the wrong reasons. Like, this may be like a year ago, six months to a year ago now. I realized, you know, I'm going for the wrong reasons. I don't need to be doing that. So I cut it off completely. I didn't go for a while. And part of that was me being in school. I didn't have time for it. But another part was, you know, I didn't, I know I didn't need to go for the wrong reasons. And then I realized that I could pray to God and ask Him, let me do this for the right reasons. Help me to be pure in my intentions and work out for the right reasons and not do it because I feel insecure about myself. So I'm not saying the gym is a bad thing. No, not at all. Okay. It's, it's, it's good to be healthy. And I obviously mean, I'm trying to get better in shape and all these things. But uh, Corey didn't eat that good tonight. He, he ate some bad food. I ate organic wheat pockets uh-huh. with tomato paste. Pizza rolls. Pizza rolls. <laughs> Pizza rolls. <laughs> I can't say anything. I ate... I ate two snow cones, which most of it's ice and a little bit of sugar. And I ate, what I ate two hot dogs without the bun, and I ate a little bit of chips. Overall, today I've ate really well. This morning I had a protein shake, and for lunch I ate two cans of tuna and some protein cereal, right? And then tonight is when I ate the two hot dogs and the two snow cones. I've had probably fifteen or sixteen hundred calories today. I still got some more to go before the day's over. I didn't do that good. Where where was I going with that? I can't remember. But um, yeah, I, I was gonna say. I really want to say. I want to heed our audience. I do not want to say the gym is a bad. Thing, no, not at all. But the gym is a very very easy tool that the enemy can slip in, and it becomes idolatry. It becomes yes, self righteousness. Definitely. It becomes. It, there's a lot of things that the enemy can hide inside the gym, and let me tell you. Where do you think most men lust the most? At the gym. At the gym. At the gym. So, I, guard your I, heart, cover your eyes. Guard, we, we've said on the show, you've got to guard your heart, but I, I, you've got to be very careful the reason you go to the gym. Yeah. Because the enemy will, he, he's working very hard to slip slip you in. You know, that's right. a daily prayer for me. I'm like, God, don't let me do this for the wrong reasons. But don't let me, don't guard my eyes. Don't let yeah. me fall victim to the lust. Don't let me... Yeah. Be working out so that all the women look at me 
don't let me put the gym above God. You know, there's a lot of prayers I have to say inside the gym. You know, you know, watch your intentions behind anything you do. And if it's not pure, I mean, it's hard to have pure intentions with everything. We're human. Pray to God and ask him to help help you do this for the right reason. So um, Ryan asked me today, he said, what do you want to do for a topic? And I texted back Revelation 3. And it's so funny because this goes hand in hand. It does. I haven't even, I haven't, I've read it before. It's been a long time ago. So Revelation 3 is the Lake Odyssea, the church of Lake Odyssea, the uh-huh. lukewarm church. And see, that's what he's saying. You have to be very careful in not living that double life. The double life being that you're, you're going to the gym, you're doing it all for the wrong reasons, you're being, you know, idle to the gym, you're lusting after women, and then all of a sudden you're going to church and living your best life and living the Christian life. And this relates more than just to the gym. You can do it with anything. We're just using the gym as an example because I was talking about it. But that's a huge point of men's insecurity. Yeah. You know, fitness is a huge dad bod, although all the women love it. Some dad bods are in style. <laughs> Some people think so anyway. I don't know. I know so. Corey has a dad bod. <laughs> Corey is a father of two. Yeah, a father of two. <laughs> father of two. I, I definitely have the dad bod. Um, but what I want to say is and, that's not just with gym, but I know the gym. Fitness is a huge men's insecurity. Yes, it is. I mean, because in all these movies that you see, every single guy is ripped. Mo- yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. Most guys are ripped. That that get the girl. You know what I'm saying? And I would say I would actually uh, I would say this is a huge struggle for women, too. Not only but I would say it's more broad for women because I think it's body <clears throat> image. You know, well, men deal with body image too. I mean, but I think that's a, the biggest insecurity for everybody is it, is yeah. body image. You know, and that's that's whether you wear makeup, whether you uh, go to the gym in vain. You know, all this is in vain. You, you know, where, where do you think a lot of this stems from? Where does the most insecurities and like comparison game? Where do you think it stems from? Hollywood. I I see that, but the answer I was looking for was social media. No, and we've talked about this on the show. No one puts their bad days on social media. No, not at all. They always put their best foot forward. So you're yeah. comparing yourself laterally to someone who has had their best day. And a lot of the pictures can be photoshopped. I of mean, course, yeah, it's all fake. It's all plastic, and they're selling. A lot of people sell their bodies to get likes and Botox. But <laughs> yeah, Botox. <laughs> but an- another point of insecurity, I think both men and women uh, face, and I think Christian men and women. Is you know I think it's like um, power in the church, job in the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's like well I'm not a deacon, I'm not an elder, so uh, I'm just a nobody. You mm-hmm. know, and you know our pastor said this a couple Sundays ago, and it it really resonated with me. Right, he said our church is not a <clears throat> place where you come to be the center of attention. God's already got the center of attention. You come to church to serve. Yeah. And he said, the people who serve behind the scenes are the ones who are, you know, in his eyes, are the most good-looking people. You know, like the best-looking, the the servants are the ones who... The ones that don't boast about what they do. Right, right. Hey, look at me, I did this. Right, right. And I also heard him say something like, "If, if he can't clean the toilet as a pastor, he doesn't deserve to be pastor. But here's the thing is, uh, there is a... There's and we talked about this and this whole episode was deleted. Unfortunately, it was it was it was bad. But we yeah. had the pastor's wife on. I, I wasn't here that day. Um, no, that that's why it got deleted. I wasn't here that day. <laughs> it wasn't a sound issue at all, pride no. or anything. No. 
Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a huge responsibility that falls on the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not to say that, but there's a lot of behind the scenes things that the pastor does that no one recognizes. All they see is him getting up and on Sunday in his nice suit and they think he's got it all together and that everybody wants to be the pastor until they realize that he's been up all these days going to the hospital, praying for people, um, preparing for his sermon, preparing for sermon, going to, and and like our uh, pastor's dual vocational, vocational, he has a full-time job. So he has a nine to five job and then he pastors actually like maybe eight to six. (laughs) He works long hours. Yeah. To 12 hours a day. Yeah. So he does that on top of all the pastor duties. So praying and, and, and that in that episode, I, I mentioned this, I said, you know, a lot of people are looking to the pastor to do pastor job when it's not really the pastor job. It's it's the job of us. Yeah. You know, but they're placing that responsibility on the pastor and it's really not the pastor. Hey, somebody's sick, let's call the pastor. Yeah, call have the you pastor. prayed for him? Yeah, yeah. Well, what have you done? What have you done? Have, have you prayed for yourself instead of asking other people to pray for you? Have How you, many hours have you prayed? Have you went to the hospital and seen these people who are not well? Have you prayed for the people in the hospital? Have you went around and served the homeless? Have you you know, I can go it's, it's on and all on. Of, it's all of our responsibilities, not just... go on and on and on. God does not say, thou shalt do this as a pastor. He doesn't say, help the weak as a pastor. He doesn't say, pray for the weak as a pastor. He's talking to everybody when he says, <laughs> go and make disciples of yes. all nations. Yeah, that's something that always I, I just gets under my skin, is like, we look to the pastor to be like a superhero. And it's like, we expect our pastor to drop everything we're doing. Like It's like... And here's what really just gets out of my skin. When's the last time you went to the pastor's house and prayed for him? That yes. <laughs> uh, you, you missed it this past Sunday since you were gone. But uh, you seen that on the Facebook Live, didn't you, mm-hmm. where everybody got up and prayed for Tony? Right. On a, on a whim. It wasn't even planned. But. That's, but I'm really glad to see that because yeah. in so many churches, <laughs> again, it's like we expect the pastor just to drop everything and come to our rescue. We expect him to pour into us even though we don't pour into him. Let me tell you, your pastor needs some pouring into. Uh, let me tell you personally, personally. Corey me, needs some pouring in. Let me tell you, Tony Derricott needs some pouring into. Okay, because you know I I'm very fortunate that I get to see a lot of the behind the scenes as a media engineer, and I get to see a lot of you know um, when Tony hands me his pastor or his pastoral notes or he hands me his scripture, you know, and he's got that look on his face, and I you know I start to dig in and I start to ask him, you know, and he gets to tell me all the things that he's had this rough week. And it's just like, man, I'm gonna, I, I want to pray for you right now, you know, because it's like, you, you, you had it rough. <laughs> You've had it rough, you know, that he puts on the smile and he gets up there and preaches, you know. But Yeah. Um, there was something earlier, we were talking about social media, and you said everybody puts their best image on social media. You don't, you don't see any of the negative. And I think, no, this was a TED Talk that I listened to the other day for uh, school. But... They were talking about the lottery, and you see all the winners advertised, you know, but you don't see the millions of losers advertised. So everybody wants to go to the, go and try the lottery because they see all the good advertisement for it, you know. But if they saw all the losers, they wouldn't want to do it. If they saw all the gambling problems, all the people who struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. gamble away their entire life savings, their home, their equity, their entire family, they put it all on, on gambling, you wouldn't want to go gamble. But we can do a whole episode on gambling. That's but, that's coming up. Yeah, <laughs> let's we, we can do a write whole that episode. down. Yeah, write that down. Say, we can do Get a whole a episode on a lot of things. 
I'll um, go ahead and write that down right now. That way we don't forget. But that's that's why, see, all these insecurities come from half-truths. <clears throat> because you're not seeing the whole truth. If you saw the whole truth, you wouldn't be insecure about it. So this is where I want to say, like, knowing you and knowing what you are capable of and what you can accomplish and then kind of conforming to that, it's not a bad thing. So, like, I'm going to say, like, so if you're naturally a public speaker, right, you're an extrovert, extrovert, you you just love interactions with people, right? Use that gift to better yourself so that you're not insecure about something that you, you're one of your weaknesses. If, if, you're, if you're really strong in public speaking and your wife is really strong at being an introvert, uh, that's the dynamic between me and my wife. Uh, my wife is very methodical and thought out, and I'm just hog wild, party, go with the flow, just put my mouth, open my mouth and put my foot in there. You know, I just speak what I want. Open mouth, mind. insert foot. That's, that's totally me. You know, so my, my wife is a lot more methodical. Well, it would probably not be best interest to put my wife in charge of public relations of the church because it's going to put her in a very pla- hard place. Now, I'm not saying go out of your comfort zone, but it would be very wise to find talents that you're naturally good at and strengthen those so that you're not insecure you can compete you can compete 100 percent, commit 100 percent to the talents that you know well you know somebody who's tone deaf and can't sing to save their life probably don't need to sing doesn't need to be the worship leader right so it's okay to have strengths and weaknesses but that's where I think God gives you a gift. Acknowledge your weaknesses and don't be insecure about them. Know who you are as a person and know the gifts that God has given you and and ask God to show you how to use those gifts for the kingdom. And you know, this is this was at the prayer meeting for the men's encounter the other night. Um, Tony, he felt led to do something. He he done this with everybody. You know, um, God gave him a word to speak over everybody, like individually and. For me, he said, Ryan, I know that you're a, a very analytical person, and I, and I know you've hound, I've hounded you on that in the past, but you need to pray and ask God how you could use your analytical skills and your, um, I don't know what else he said, how to use that f- to serve the kingdom of God instead of being, in, not being insecure about it, instead of thinking of it as a negative thing. So, you know, I, I said I poke fun at you for being so stressful about if not if something's not perfect. Uh-huh. But, you know, see, that is one of your strengths. That's one of my weaknesses, right? So if you guys know Corey, Corey could not spell to save his life. If somebody yeah. was like, literally yeah. holding a gun to my head, <laughs> spell this word correctly, or you're, that's it, you're, you're, you're done, Yeah, I would be like, come and see you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> literally every Sunday, I, I will, not every Sunday, every now and then, most of the time, I'll be beside Corey when he's spelling something on the computer. I'm like, hey, that's spelled wrong spell it this way but see that's a huge strength of yours see that shouldn't be an insecurity because i depend on you to know how to spell the word <laughs> right so i can relax a little bit knowing that that's your strength mm-hmm. but i have my strengths you have your strengths right but perfectionism i've learned in my life that can be a big negative too it has its positives and it has its negatives like i'll think you know i'm never not i'm never good enough i can always do better at this do better at that but I've had to realize that instead of being insecure about what I've done, I need to know that I've done my best. 
And sometimes I don't feel like I've done my best because it's not perfect to the T. You know what I'm saying? But I have, I have to, I have to um, cut myself some slack. Like even this is back a while ago, maybe a month ago. I was wanting to get up at 5 a.m. every single morning and be productive. I did it for a while. I did it for maybe four or five days ish, and I made this deal with a Grant. He's the associate pastor at our church. I texted him. I was like, hey, if I don't wake up at five in the morning, I owe you $100. And, you know, I'd, I'd wake up at five. I'd wake up at five, lay in bed till 5.05, and I'd, I'd kill myself about it. I'd be like, hey, I could have done better. I could have got up at five on the dot and not laid around till 5.05 or something. And then eventually I quit getting up at five overall because I was being too hard on myself. I was putting expectations on my life that I couldn't meet. So I'm going to I'm going to change the perspective here cuz life is all about perspective. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you a solution to your problem. <clears throat> and I think this may help our listeners. Uh-huh. So everyone talks about getting up early. Getting up early. I got to get up early so I can be productive. I got to get up early so I can be productive. What if you stayed up late? I've tried that, and if I stay up, it, no, <laughs> if I stay up late, I mean, it works, it can work for some people, it can work for a lot of people, but for me, if I stay up late, I'm either, like, laying around watching TV or eating. I don't do anything productive late at night. If I do something, it's either early in the morning or, like, mid to late day. But here's the thing, so, like, you know, those who want to uh, grow their Bible reading, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they can do that at night. Those who want to grow their prayer life. Well, you can do that in the morning. Right, but I know for me, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Right? So you like say wake up at five, I'm like, I'm going to be sick. I've made Corey get up really early to record a show a few times and go to the gym with me. Rye does like to get up early. And that that's... And it's it's. I don't like to, but I know I need to. And that's a discipline that I'm having to work on. Because sometimes I'll, I'll set my alarm early and I'll, I'll sleep through it or I'll sleep in and not get up early, but sometimes I make myself get up early. Very, very rarely nowadays do I do that, but I need to get back in the habit of that. See, tonight I won. See, it's almost ten o'clock at night, and we're recording a podcast. And we're recording, yeah. so I'm I, like, I know I couldn't. Yay. I know I couldn't record tomorrow, <laughs> so I had to get it done today. Uh, okay, let's let's go back into insecurities. Okay, how would you define insecurity? I would define it as anywhere that you see yourself falling short, um, and then getting an emotional response to you falling short. Yeah. Um, I looked up the, dic- the dictionary definition. It is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, lack of confidence. So the opposite of insecurity is confidence. Yes. And, okay, we'll get into that in a minute. But what does the Bible say about insecurity? Do you have a verse that pops to your mind off the bat? No. Okay. From the research I've done, it says this, Galatians 1.10, For I am now seeking, wait, hold up, I read that wrong. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So I just, just think, I was just lied because I just think, I just thought of a verse when you said that. Um, we're all created in God's image. So that's in Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I want to quote this correctly, so I'm going to here. Give me just a second to pull it up. But it says, <clears throat> in the image of God, we were created, he, him. Yeah, you, you know the verse I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it's worded or where it's at in Genesis. It should be close to the beginning. 
Genesis is the first book, Corey, if you didn't know that. I wanted to let you know. I know you're insecure about your Bible knowledge. So, okay, hot take. This was not scripted, but uh, my mother made me do Bible drills. So do, you, do you remember Bible drills? Yes. Yeah, I've done them some. Not uh, much, but okay, I did a little so bit. I did, I did them. I let, my mother made me commit, right? So, like, huh. not only did I do, like, the eight-second drills, I made it to, like, the regionals and the state six-second drills, and I hated hated my mother for that, right i was like i'm never gonna use this i hate this why do i need to know the bible right and then i grew up i was like man that really helped <laughs> i can say the whole books of the bible is frontwards and backwards and get look it up very quickly you know yeah but it's funny you said that <laughs> <laughs> i do not struggle with bible knowledge at least knowing where they are and forgive me this again this verse wasn't wasn't uh but I, I will paraphrase this. Okay. God created us in our image, right? In his image. In his image. Yeah. So if you're insecure about that image, you're pretty much saying God failed. Yeah. Right? So if if you cannot accept that you are good enough, you are saying God did not do a good job. And Yeah. Th- this doesn't really go along with that, but I'm wanting to touch on this too. But a lot of people question if God can use them because of their failings. They're insecure, you know. God, can I really do this? You know, like Moses, God, I have a stuttering problem. How can I go talk to Pharaoh? You know, and God can use us despite our failures and insecurities. And the more we obey God, the the more we'll, we see that he'll come through with his promises. And the more that we see that, the more confidence we have in his word. The more confidence we have in his word, the more we believe it, the more we believe it, the more we we need to, I said that wrong. The more we have confidence in knowing what he says about us is true, that we are made in his image, that we are, uh, what is it, let me see, that we are bought with a price, that we are his workmanship, you know, all the uh, all those things. Right. And what I want to say is, and, and I love that story about Abraham with the stutter. No, that, that was Moses. 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 Moses, Corey. Moses with the stutter. Listen. I got the, 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 the stutter too a little bit. Sometimes. Moses and his ark. <laughs> Moses and his ark. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing was about Moses is if if you read the story on, yeah, um, the Pharaoh says, you know, all these men, his courts, have had the opportunity to be well-spoken and they haven't spoken up. You know, so he's had all these opportunities for people to bring this to his attention and it took the man of stutter to bring it to his attention. You know, so that actually made him glad with Moses, upset with the entire court. You know, that he, it was like, I've had all these well-spoken men sit here and just be pretty much yes men mm-hmm. and not bring this to my attention. You know, so. And the same thing can be said about Gideon, too. You know, he was insecure because he was, I have the verse right here. Hold up. Um, If, if anyone knows the story of Gideon, he was appointed a judge and... I think they were at war with the Midianites at that time. And it was like a hundred and Corey's yawning. It was like a hundred and thirty something thousand versus was it thirty I think it was thirty two thousand of the uh Israelites. But Gideon was gonna be appointed uh, appointed judge and it said right here at verse eleven, Judges six, verse eleven, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah. That belonged to Joash the Abezrite, 
where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. He was hiding because he was scared. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Then later on in verse 15, he says, Pardon, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And right here in verse 12, it says, Mighty warrior. God knew Gideon's potential before Gideon knew his own potential, even through his insecurities, you know, because it said right there, his tribe, his clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and he is the least of his family. Gideon was insecure, and he didn't think he could do it. But God used him despite his insecurities, and Gideon took strength in what God saw him as, a mighty warrior. I think this is a common reoccurring story in the Bible, because if you look at David and the lion's den, yeah. if you look at uh, David being appointed king, yeah. if you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, being obedient in the fiery furnace, um, all, Paul, these, all these people were insecure about who they were. I'm, I'm sure Paul questioned if God could use him too, because he killed Christians. I think yeah. all the disciples were questioning whether God could use them. They were a bunch of hoodlums. They were certified like gangbangers, fishermen, <laughs> tax collectors, <laughs> <laughs> mercenaries. But just know if God can use them, he can use you despite your insecurity. Don't be insecure in who you are. Um, I have this wrote down right here. Let me find it. It says, this is my, my saying that I wrote down. I heard it on a sermon somewhere. God made you, so he has the right to label you. No one else has the right to label you. Only God's labels are true. If God makes something, if no, let's say this, if you make something, you have the right to label it and know what it is. No one else can take that label off because that's not what it is. It's not made for that purpose. But you made it for a purpose, and you know what it is and its strengths and weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? God knows who you are. He, can, he labels you, and he has the right to label you because he made you. He labeled you... Let me find the verse. Psalms 1 through 9, 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I think it's just going back to accepting who you are. In Christ. In Christ. Knowing your talents and edifying those talents for the servanthood of God. And write down verses of how God sees you. And uh, dwell on them, you know, meditate on them, read them every day, and speak them over yourself. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Don't speak negativity over yourself, you know, don't mess something up and say, oh, I'm stupid, I can't believe I did that, you know, don't speak that over yourself, don't claim it. So I do want to tell you like a story that's a reoccurring story in my life. So I was insecure. So for those who know, I am almost six foot six. So I am a big dude, right? And no, I'm 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 taller than Corey. If anyone knows, <laughs> Ryan, I'm like seven foot five. You're gonna and... have to repent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, everybody thinks, oh, these tall dudes, all the tall dudes, they got figured out, dude. Everybody wants to be a tall dude. How's the air up there? <laughs> Until every single time you have a relationship with somebody or you have a conversation with somebody, you just said it. How's the weather up there? Yeah. Dang, you're tall. Um, 
what's it like wearing clown shoes? You, you know, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of used to be insecure. I was like, man, I just wish I was a normal person, right? I wasn't so tall, right? I used to wish that, yeah. right? And it's so funny because if you talk to a short person, they'll say, man, I wish I was tall. Y'all talk to a tall person, like, man, I wish I was short, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. But, you know, I found, I found my calling. And this, this may sound silly, okay? But I have found a calling that God has put me in this, in this world for. To screw in light bulbs for people. But let me tell you, something very simple <laughs> You ever go to Walmart and just walk down the aisles and see what people are doing? You can't reach the top shelf? They cannot reach the top shelf. Like a statistical anomaly amount of people go to Walmart cannot reach the top shelf. I think God has put me in this person, in this life, to reach the top shelf, and that's my icebreaker to share the ministry. That's awesome. Because, you know, you... you, you I was saying that as a joke, but... <laughs> but, you, you know, you grab their peas off the top shelf, and then that's the icebreaker, and you say, hey... How are you doing today? I just want to let you know God loves you and I love you, you know. And most people think it's just a can of peas, but that's been that has been a huge opportunity for me mm-hmm. to share the gospel. God has put me on this earth to grab peas off the top of the shelf. So, <laughs> <laughs> so again, find your talents, and they may be creative talents. You may not even recognize it's a talent, and use it to serve God. God made you with strengths and weaknesses for a reason you know he's put gifts in your life and you probably don't even realize that you probably don't even see it as a gift but he's given you gifts to use for his kingdom and and if you have a insecurity you have a shortcoming in your own life maybe you're not a public speaker that's okay i'm not a public speaker either i i struggle with public speaking big time i hated that class in college but you find somebody in your life who that's their strength and you sharpen each other yeah, I mean, public speaking isn't my talent either, but doing this podcast, speaking in front of uh, people, you know, I spoke in front of people at the encounter one time at church, um, and even in college, speaking in front of people, I've gotten more comfortable with it, and I hated it at first. I still, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I'm getting more comfortable with it, knowing that God can use me in that way. You know what's funny? Is you go to the gym and you don't even recognize this. What do you mean? Do you know how you get better at public speaking? You practice it. You practice public speaking. Just how you go to the gym, you practice lifting weights to increase your weightlifting ability. Uh-huh. You publicly speak to increase your public speaking skills. Yeah. I mean, and this could go for anybody. You know, if you do see a weakness, you can work through that weakness. You know what I'm saying? And just like Moses, he thought he was a terrible public speaker. And, you know, God did give him Aaron too, but Moses got Israel out of bondage. Well, I mean, well God used Moses to get Israel out of bondage. What, what, you know, earlier we said, you know, kind of stay in your comfort zone. And what we're saying is we want you to strengthen what you're comfortable with. But then when you strengthen what you're comfortable with, we want you to fall back onto your weaknesses and try to strengthen them. You know, so. You need to be strong in all areas. Strong, jack of all trades. I mean, but. Master of none. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't know. But. Where was it going? That we we are all part of a body of the body of Christ, and we all have our strengths and weaknesses for a reason. Like uh, my friend Nick, he's good with cars, and he's not an academic type person. I'm an academic type person, and I'm not good with vehicles. We all have our strengths and weaknesses but, that we strengthen the church with. Yeah, and God can use our weaknesses to glorify Him because we know we couldn't do it on our own. Our, on our own, like Paul said, I don't know the exact quote, but he has a 
thorn in his flesh. You know, I'm, you know, where I'm going with that. A thorn in his flesh to humble him. Yeah, let me pull up the verses. Hold up. I don't want to quote this wrong. We came grossly underprepared tonight for scripture. I didn't know that I was going to be quoting this verse. Hey, do you think I knew I was going to be quoting created in our own image? We need to study more, Ryan, so we can memorize it, put it on the tablets of our heart. <laughs> yeah. So we may show ourselves approved. Instead of freestyle rapping like Corey does. Hey, we all begin somewhere, and we're all sinners. For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's Second Corinthians 12, verse 7. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Sometimes God gives us weaknesses to to not grow our ego. Keep you looking up. Yeah, to, to keep us looking up at him. And we can depend on God through those weaknesses and know it's his strength and not ours. Paul, even Paul, I guess, dealt with his ego. You know, God gave him that thorn in his flesh that way. Not Paul. No. <laughs> it said to keep him from being conceited. I mean, but yeah. Um, I think I have another thing to share. Hold up. Give me a second. I had it wrote down. Yeah, I have one last thing. It's a challenge. I have a challenge for people. Okay. All right. Check check your motives behind your actions and see how many of them are based off your insecurities. For me, I've realized a lot of my motives behind what I say or what I do is based off of I want to build myself uh, myself up because of my insecurities. I want to make myself feel better about myself. So your challenge is look at our lives and find out why we are doing things. Why we do what we do. And comp- and ask ourselves, are we doing that because of our insecurities? Are we doing it because of our insecurities? Yeah. And if you do recognize that, ask God for help to change that. You know, God, let me either let me quit doing this action or like for me, let me work out for the right reasons. So we can get all the hot babes. So exactly. Get, that's yeah. So we can get married and then we can propagate the world. Procreate. Like, like God said. Yeah. The 11th commandment, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the reason you should be working out. No, I'm joking. That's, that's the reason that, you will get a dad bond when you get married. Don't work out for that reason, but. Well, this has been Corey. This is Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. Bef- wait, before we leave, don't don't close out yet. Okay. Like and share the show. Let's get the word out there. I think our views have been dropping down just a little bit. It may be because we haven't released a lot here recently due to being busy. But let's let's get the word out and share the show. Thank you.